Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we will be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Wobshall, to discuss all the latest news from the European Championships and the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport, as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at YPSport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football, or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. Yorkshirepost.co.uk Now, uh, I believe there's only one place that we can start uh, this week's episode, and after the demolition of Ukraine, uh, England have survived a spirited Danish team to reach their first major final since 1966. Um, What's your views on the two performances? Uh, Stuart, on this one first. Um, well, I suppose they were contrasting performances in in some ways, but you know, as with Italy, I think it kind of um, it kind of shows what European Championship football is about. You know, you can you can you can do some of the impressive stuff early on, but when it when it gets to the sharp end of the competition, it's just about grinding it out sometimes. And and and, and whilst they played very well against Denmark. Um, Kasper Schmeichel played even better, mm. so the, the, there was a, there was a point at that on that night where you were thinking, "Crikey!" You know, having having seen having seen Spain, you know, outpass Italy but fail to put them away, uh, there was a bit of bit of it in the back of your mind as an England fan thinking, "Is is this going to be the same story again?" Because say Schmeichel was all in inspired form, and you thought, "Well, the last thing he wants is a is a penalty shootout against this." This goalkeeper yeah. in this form, but you know, I, th- I think it just it just shows the, the 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 great place England are in that you know they've they've got they've got these sides to the game where they you know they can do they can do the dominant stuff they can outplay you, but it, if it comes down to character as well, you know they've they've got that too, and the, you know they've got they've got some uh, they've got some important tournament experience under Gareth Southgate now, so they they go into the final in in. In really good shape. I mean, you know, so do Italy, but um, it it feels like there's a real momentum behind England at the moment. I don't, I don't know what you you think about that, Leon. Yeah, I mean, it, I suppose, and I don't know what you think, Stuart. I think, I, I think, in a funny sort of way, it's it's good that England had that bit of adversity, isn't it? Really, even though God, you don't think it think of it as <laughs> at the time. You know, you get the ghosts of tournaments gone by, and you th- and you think, here we go, and you know they had a, they had a pretty good spell. I mean, England seemed to start well, didn't they? But then the, the Danes mm. had, midway through the first half, I thought they got a bit of control in in midfield with um, Holberg and Delaney, and it was it was test for all the players. And you know, obviously we talked a lot about Calvin Phillips for for him and and young Declan Rice in there, and you know they stood up to the test. They obviously had the blow with the with the goal and. You know that was it was a poor goal to concede a, a cracking strike um, from Dalesgard, but you know obviously the positioning of Pickford wasn't fantastic, and it was a, a poor foul from Shaw. So you know that was the first real big test of of England in this tournament. I know that there's obviously been the Scotland game when they had a had a few brickbats after it, but I mean that was 
with respect, that was you know a group game, um, wasn't it? So obviously one nil down in the semi final, people are thinking, here we go again. So they really did show the character in that in that build up to to half time, and you know it just and, and pretty much dominated the the rest of the game. So I mean, both Italy and England have had their adversity, haven't they? I mean, they Italy were, were probably pretty fortunate to to get through against Spain. They were the better side in, in general, play the Spanish, but show the togetherness, spirit, and resolve. And it, it certainly, but probably think the same, Stuart. It's the best two teams have actually reached the final. And sometimes in tournament football and competitions, that's it's not always the case, is it? You know, sometimes it, a side no, can be to, to get there. But I think in this respect, even though, you know, Italy had it tough against Spain and England had, you know, difficult moments last night, I think the best two teams are through. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think on top of that, I mean, obviously that that's the most important thing, Liam, but on, on yeah. top of that, you know, having seen a couple of game Italy games uh, at Wembley as well, I think yeah. it's... I think it's the best two sets of supporters in terms of generating the atmosphere as well. Yeah, you know, that's good been point. That, that's been re- you know really good in the last couple of games. Obviously, we, you know we've we, we've spent a whole season longing for fans to get back in, and the the fans re- have really contributed to to these last yeah. couple of games in terms of setting the tempo. You know, the the Italy Spain semi final was played at a great tempo, and it it, yeah, it wasn't hard to see why if you were in the ground because the, the it was full of pumped up Italian fans. You know, yeah. really making a, gr- a great atmosphere. You know, and, and it, you know, in the, in the Germany game, in, in the Denmark game, in the Italy Spain game, they they sort of they felt like the away fans in in, in the case yeah. of, uh, in yeah. the case of Spain have, have really contributed as well. And it, you know, it's just I think it's just everything with, that we we hoped the European Championships would be after yeah. the after yeah. the year we've had, but kind, but kind of certainly in my sort of pessimistic. Uh, perspective yeah. feared it might not be when when these tired players got to the end of uh, the end of a tournament. But I, th- I think I think both squads have have really managed themselves really well in terms of you know getting maximum energy out of that. I mean to see yeah. Alvin yeah. Phillips running around like a madman in in, yeah. in, in extra time is just, you know hugely in, impressive. And I, I think I think Southgate's used twenty one players in his squad. I think Italy have used twenty five. So they've they've really. They've really got a lot out of the squad, and yeah, yeah. We, we 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 always get excited about these big games, and sometimes they let us down. But I think I think this has got all the makings of being a a, a really good final. And as I say, one one that I think both teams will be optimistic about, but cer- certainly England should be. Yeah, it's 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 a fitting final on on so many levels, isn't it? It's a, it's a good point, that's Stuart, about about the fans, and you know, obviously, been you know, it's been it's been desperate times, hasn't it, for the last. 18 months and you know the the two your the, the main two european countries who have suffered more than any have, have been have been ours and italy and you know two ma- massive football nations and you'll struggle in terms of the the fervor and the passion of the fans um i know it means a lot to national teams mean, mean a lot to every nation but you'll uh, they don't mean uh, not too many mean more to uh, italy or, or England. I mean, it's you know the countries really do come together at tournament time, and yeah, really, really fitting uh, spectacle, and uh, it's it should be everything you want in the final. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we just I I just felt when this tournament started, 
we and by we I don't just mean England I just mean the, the football community in general just just needed a good tournament you know after everything yeah, everyone's tournament. been through yeah I think I think uh, while England haven't been the most beautiful team in the tournament I mean Italy might have an argument to have been in the group stages you know they, no nobody in England is com- is complaining about things at the moment I think they've struck a really good balance in terms of uh, giving us hope and, and a fair dollar of entertainment yeah it, it, it's it's been a festival hasn't it it's some, I mean it's been some great stories hasn't it obviously, obviously England and the re-emergence of Italy but you know, I'm going to speak about Denmark as well. Obviously, the, you know the terrible scenes there in in Copenhagen in, in the first game, and you know, obviously disappointing from their respect last last night. But what a, what a journey they've had as well, and you know, you know, the, you have the reemergence of of Spain, one or two of the few of the superpowers going out in the round of sixteen, and you know, have you know the Czech Republic um, and Switzerland did pretty well. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's been a, a tournament which has you know it's brought so much to the table, hasn't it? And you know it's one that uh, many many supporters, young young and old, are going to remember fondly in years to come. Yeah, and I think uh, I think another element to, to it, Leon. I think I think for for people of our age, I think that yeah. there's always, there was always a sense that you know you, you wondered if this was ever going to happen. We've got we've got so yeah. used to quarter final and, and and semi-final defeats and penalty shootouts and all this sort of thing. So I think yeah. I think as always in football, I think when you go through the miserable times, it makes the it makes the good times all the all the sweeter. You know that that was kind of the narrative of the Germany game, and and that's the narrative of getting to the finals. So you know, obviously Gareth Southgate knows that better than yeah. anyone else who's got a PhD in that but um, yeah, you know, yeah. even for the rest of us I, th- I think there's a real you know there's a there's a real sense that it just felt yeah. that extra special for for everything everything we've been through you know we mentioned the Covid side but everything just in a footballing sense as well that, that we've yeah. been through it, it, it really did sort of add to the sense that you know wow this this is this is just something amazing it was just cathartic, wasn't it? I mean, even the words you, you listen to, "Sweet Caroline," even the words ring true, don't, um, don't they? That's right. And um, yeah, fantastic. One more hill to climb. But I'm just so it, it's. I mean, it's great when people when England have nights like this. Everyone relates it to to, to the cells in, in in some respect. But I'm 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 just so pleased for for Southgate as well. I know I know you bang the drum about him, Stuart, and rightly so. He's He's the best of British. He's a, you know, he's a magnificent man. He's he's a talented manager, a, a caring human being who, you know, really sees the big picture and the team ethic. And he's obviously had the had the desperate disappointments that he's carried since '96. And you know, if you, you couldn't have wished for a better person to lead us into, you know, the first major final since 1966, then. Then Gareth has been absolutely magnificent. Yeah, I think that's one thing worth worth saying. I mean, we we sang Southgate's praises quite rightly on the on the last podcast, but I think I think he's he's created a group of England players that are, are genuinely very likable. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's, yeah. there'll be yeah. there'll be some people. There's some people I've, I've you know seen some rumblings about they're, they're not they're not too happy with the England players politics yeah. really but you know they're, yeah. they're players with a social conscience they're players who care you could see yeah. how much it meant to them when they, when they were singing sweet caroline at the end you yeah. know and um, it's you know it's always good to see good guys doing well isn't it and, and gareth southgate is definitely one of the good guys yeah it's almost been like seeing some other your successful european nation teams in the past you've seen how close 
they've been and you you've sort of envied that that spirit and and togetherness that they've had and you know how many times previously have you seen talented England squads you know for, for whatever reason there's been newspaper stories about you know, various things and tensions in the camp and and it not quite happening but you know obviously Southgate is, deserves tremendous credit not just for the way he's t- set up his, his t- tactically set up his team but the actual you know the, the spirit and the camaraderie togetherness there you know I don't think there's been any better and it's it's another another string to his bow he's, he's had an absolutely immaculate um, tournament and you just hope one more hill to climb he can he can do it again on, on, on Sunday but whatever happens his, his legacy and his place in you know English football in history for positive reasons is, is certainly assured for me mm. and uh, do, do you think that's the same with, um, with with the players that he's got I mean if you think about it they are very young players and for them to, to achieve this much is an achievement in itself so I, I believe that their names are going to be etched along alongside his in English folklore for for years to come well, you know, you, you 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 win a tournament for England. You're part of a very small group of people who um, always be looked on fondly, and quite rightly so. You know, we we look we look very fondly on the um, the Euro '96 team that Southgate was was part of, for getting to the semi-final. You know, the Italian '90 team the same, but to actually be an England player who's who's won something worth winning is you know a massive achievement. And and it's been you know I mentioned how many players they've used, but most of those players have, have, have made good contributions as well. You know, it's been um, it's been significant. There's, there's been no sort of carrying of players or anything like that. Although, you know, there's been the odd player who hasn't hasn't made much impact, but um, mainly due to game time and the competition. But but those who've been asked to do a job by Southgate, he's picked very clever. You know, the the right jobs for them to do, and and they've they've delivered brilliantly. You know, it's been uh, it's been great to see that. Yeah, the, the strength has been the, the squad, Stuart, hasn't it? I mean, it's, mm. you know, you looked at the start, Tyrone Mings came in, a couple of, you know, good um, performances, um, Trippier's done well, and, and I, I still think, I don't I don't know what you think, Stuart, but I think even in the final, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too surprised if he did something a little bit different there. I mean, I'm, I could be wrong, but I'm not, I'm not totally dis, discarding Rashford from the scene. And even, do, you know, do you know, Leon? That that's that's the name that was just going through my head as you were talking. Then, yeah, <laughs> you, just, you just wouldn't put it past it, would you? You know, Marcus no. Rashford coming off the bench and doing something incredible, or you know, we've seen with Sancho just somebody getting picked out of the blue. Yeah, I just think he'll he's he'll look at games on on a we well, got to look at this one on a on one one by one basis, and he'll he'll you know. He, it's going to be difficult because Mancini's a very good, wily tactical operator as well. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if if Southgate has got a surprise somewhere up his up his sleeve. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, the second topic with regards to the Euros is um, how do you think the final will go on Sunday with uh, two heavyweights like England and Italy going head to head? Well, I think I think it's a bit like the um, a bit like the Denmark game, really. You you can kind of look at it at, at, at a really blinkered England point of view and say, you know, we're we're, we're a great team, we're playing well, you know, um, using the squad well. All these all these praises praises we've lavished on them. We've got the got the Wembley crowd be, behind them. It, you know, everything's in England's favour. 
Um, but, you know, if you look at it from a purely Italy perspective, you think, well, there's a lot going right there as well. You know, yeah. I think it's I think it's two squads, to, to be honest, I think, I think both squads will probably look at the other and think, we're in for a really difficult game here, but we there's nothing to fear. No. You know, I think I think I think I think both squads are, are, are sort of much of a muchness in terms of the, the really high level of ability they've got. Um, so I don't think it's going to be straightforward by any means. But I say, looking from at it from a purely English perspective, it just it just feels like there's this unstoppable momentum about England. And you know you you wary of building your hopes up too much because as I say, um, Italy will be looking at the way you know that they they battle things out against Belgium and the way as as Leon said you know they got through a semi final they shouldn't have done and thinking well we, we've got a lot going for us too but it, it should be a it should be a, a really good matchup because you know Italy too um, you know particularly particularly in the uh, Austria game you know Italy used their bench really well you know they've got. They've got players who can change the game. I mean, they'll be really. They've they've really suffered a big blow in Spinazzola being injured, the left back. I think he's been one of the players of the tournament, and it's you know it's really sad for the tournament that he's not playing in the latter stages, and, and really good for England, quite frankly, that um, that that they won't have to deal with him. But there's you know there's still a, there's still a lot of good players in that team. You know they've, they've got a very good midfield that are going to work Phillips and uh, and Rice. You know, really hard. They don't. I think the the one thing England have that the tournament that the teams who've got to the, the the back end of the tournament haven't had, and England didn't have it in the group stage. It is is a centre forward you could put your house on. You know, it, well as Immobile's played, you'd you'd rather a chance fe- fell to Harry Kane at the moment in the, in the, in the form he's in now, and I think I think that does give England an edge, but. Italy have got an outstanding goalkeeper. You know they've got two of the two of the best and most experienced centre backs there is. As I say, they've got they've got that excellent midfield. You know they've got Chiesa, who seems like a bit of a bit of a big game player. Um, yeah, exactly. They are they are not going to be a pushover at all. But that that should just I say just add to uh, to a really good final. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they approach it. Like the, the the Spaniards, I mean, they really sort of didn't really play with a centre forward, did they on on Tuesday? And you know, Kane was dropping very deep, wasn't he? Um, in, in the semi final, and it, if you pump if you pump the ball towards um, um, Chiellini and Bonucci, they're going to be happy with that, aren't they? If it's just there for them to to ad- attack, we've just got to try and pull them out of the comfort zone and just try and get. Get round the sides with you know with Kane dropping off, and it'll like I say it'll be fascinating to see who, who um, whether they do go with with, with the Saka again. Or I mean, you would have you thought Sterling he would you know he was excellent last night, wasn't he? With his sort of low centre of gravity and his and his movement and his and his his pace and his in his sort of work ethic, you know, he potentially he could if he could expose the two centre bars, um to him, he, we, we could get some some joy there, but it's it's such a close game, isn't it? I mean, the Italians will they'll certainly fancy it. There, there's a, a great story there, and historically, they've whether it means anything or not, they, they do pretty well against against England, and we haven't had you know the the best of of moments again against them, I suppose, apart from when we qualified in in Rome. I, I'm just a little bit worried. The movement they've they've got up front, they've got they've got players with a low centre of gravity who are 
you know tricky and a little bit of pace and you just hope that that, um, that, that you know, the likes of Maguire isn't e- exposed um, to that but it, it could be another one of those games Stuart that are decided by substitutes because couldn't it I mean England he kept his powder dry South getting the main didn't he and um, you know the Denmark co- coach went pretty early and and Southgate won that particular battle so let's let's see what transpires on, on Sunday you know let's hope Southgate can get the better of Mancini in that regard yeah I mean it, it was interesting something Harry Kane said after the game Leo because he, he was talking he was asked about dropping off and he yeah. said that the, the, yeah. the reason he dropped off so much last night was because Denmark were playing with a midfield too so that's where he thought the space was yeah, yeah. of course Italy will play Italy will play with a three uh, yeah um, so it, whether that will change his mindset or not, I don't know. But obviously, if he does drop in, and that's when your pacey players really have the have the space to run in. I, I thought the interesting thing about the semi final was um, I thought Spain looked better once they actually did have a centre forward, a proper centre forward on, and Morata came on. So you wonder you wonder whether Southgate will look at that. But as I say, with with you know with centre halves with Benucci and. Um, and Cellini, who've got who've got hundred, you know, over hundred caps each. Yeah. Generally, you would think, yeah, you know, drop deep, have the movement, pull them around because guys like that, as you say, they, mm-hmm. if they, they'll be more than happy if they can just stay in one position and have balls pumped at them. So it's about it's about being a bit clever. But the, you know, the, the great thing about Southgate's squad, and he's used it really well, is that he mm. can go into every game and think, right, what do I need in this game? Do I need pace? Do I need the trickery yeah. of a, yeah. of a Foden or a Grealish? You know, do I, do I need, do I need someone who's going to get to the byline and cross like Saka or do I need someone who's going to cut inside and get on the end of long passes like Sterling? Um, he, he's really got the, the, the tactical options, uh, up front to, to do all sorts of things. And so, you know, sometimes that's not always a good thing because sometimes managers can try and be too clever and, mm. and, and overthink it, but he's, he's struck a, a, a really good balance, you know. He's caught us on the hop sometimes. I don't think I don't think any of us were expecting Sancho to come in against Ukraine, no, for example. No. You know, a couple of days beforehand, but he did the job brilliantly. Likewise, none of us were expecting Saka to come in against Czech Republic, wasn't it? And uh, mm. you know, and he's been great. So um, yeah, and again, you know, Italy, they've they've got sort of about you know probably six six forwards who they can. They can chop and change and, and get yeah, similar. What, what. And I, I, I don't actually think um, I, I've been surprised how little Southgate has, has used substitutes. Actually, considering the yeah the huge depth of the squad, you know. Um, but as you say, you know, he, he got it bang on against Denmark. To be fair, he's got it bang on in every game, bar bar Scotland. So you know, maybe this might be the be the game more than any other where where it's a substitute. So. I suppose it was the uh, the Germany game, wasn't it? Grealish came off yeah. the bench and made a big impact. But maybe, yeah, maybe the final might be another game where where we're saying that that for either side. Because you, I mean, you looked at that squad on paper before England started, and you thought, well, the the depth should be one of England's big strengths. I mean, when you yeah. when you're leaving out, you know, players of the quality England are, then then you know, surely you should be able to. You know, you should be able to really use that to their advantage, and, and they certainly have so far. Yeah, I mean that that thing. That's like how, how we sort of, more sort of micromanages games. I mean, it's obviously a, a massive substitution bringing Grealish off last night, wasn't it? But he he went to um he went to a three with wing backs, but it you know it worked perfectly, didn't it? In the 
uh, for the for the rest of the game. I know I know the Danes had, had an injury, but it was just it was a, it was sort of like a, an object lesson into see, in, in seeing out a game, wasn't it? And you know it's it worked worked perfectly, and it could just go down. The final could just go down to a a, a smart substitution or two. That could that could be the difference, couldn't it? You know, just let's hope it's it's in an English direction. Mm. Definitely, yeah. But I think that I think that just shows the quality of the game, doesn't it? That it's going yeah. to be decided by su- such a fine margin, you know. And, and I, I suspect that whoever whoever is on the losing side will be, you know, really hard done by because they, they both had mm. really good tournaments. And you know, I, I, I personally uh, really enjoyed watching watching some of Italy's football. I think they've really added to this tournament, and I think there'll be yeah. I think there'll be lots of lots of other countries saying saying the same about England. Not, Maybe less so in a sort of flair sense, but but more in terms of just what they brought to this tournament all round. We'll probably talk it up as a huge tactical battle, and it'll finish four three or something. So <laughs> exactly, yes. Yeah, and um, briefly looking closer to home, uh, we turn our attention to Leeds United, who have uh, recently completed uh, the signing of Junior Firpo. Uh, from Barcelona, and he has been given a four-year contract. Um, do you think that this is a straight replacement for Alioski, or h- how do you think um, he will fit into Leeds United and Marcelo Bielsa's plans? Um, start with Leon on this one. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting background, isn't it? You know, um, Barcelona, that great European um, giant, uh, just under an absolute you know welter of, of debt, aren't they? They're having to get rid of a, a, a hell of a lot of more no fringe players to be able to tr- to sort of trade under the, the sort of La Liga regulations and and yeah the, the, the lad comes with with you know good stock I mean he's he's obviously it's difficult at Barcelona with, with Jordi Alba getting loads of, of, of game time but he he's pacey good, good attacking wise and he, he just seems to fit into that you know Bielsa brief and it's an you know he's done extremely well, Victor Orta, in terms of who he's brought in over the, the the last the last few years, and you know who's to, who's to doubt him him again. And uh, you know he looks like to be a an exciting arrival, another buccaneering option at uh, left back, bombing forward. He'll certainly have to have the the sort of intensity, pace, and, and energy to be a a Bielsa player. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, I mean, as for him being a like-for-like replacement for Alioski, I mean, all logic would tell you that's the case, but, you know, you you, you can never quite be, be sure with Bielsa, you know, Verpo's played all across the back four in the in the past, so he's obviously got the sort of versatility that, that Bielsa demands. I mean, you know, last summer we thought he'd, we thought he'd sign, you know, uh, international class number nine, and it, it turned out he'd, he'd got his eyes on him as an international class number 10 instead in Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you just... You're just never sure, but it it looks it just looks like a very logical Leeds United lead, need a left back. You know, Leeds United play with attacking full back, so an yeah. attacking buccaneering left back. And, and this lad seem, just seems to tick all the boxes. And you know, as, as Leon says, you know, Victor Orta's got such a good track record at identifying what what, what the team needs and, and finding the best. You know, yeah, the best. Option, yeah, and uh, you know, you, you you look at you look at the. I mean, it seems to me that sort of 
50 millions the going rate for a Manchester City fullback at the, at the moment you know yeah. if if they've got if they've got the caliber of player that that they've been turning up lately for what about 15 million euros then then that's going to be going to be great yeah, business and good age as well isn't he 24 you know he's got it also got experience a few years at uh, at, Be- at Betis and with the the Spanish age group side so looks like he's got good stop yeah yeah so fingers crossed but also you know it's been a good week for Leeds as well in terms of um, you know we every summer you get, you get excited about about the players coming in but it's been very important under Bielsa as well that the players they've kept you know and to get to get Stuart Dallas on another three-year contract is huge. I mean, it's, it's the fact that Dallas has played so well in central midfield in the second half of the season that made the, the need for a left-back even greater. And and just to, to finally sign Jack Harrison permanently after three years of loans is uh, is, is important too. And, you know, it's, it's not a squad that needs lots of new signings. It just needs little bits of quality adding, as they did this time last year. So, uh and I think, I think they might need to give Phillips another contract at some point. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? Do you, do you think there might be a few people think, interested in him? I think that one might be uh, high on the agenda as well. <laughs> yes, I mean, he's just um, he's just transformed his stock over the course yeah, of this tournament. Obviously, yeah. no, 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 one in, no one in Leeds or West Yorkshire would be surprised at the way at the way yeah. Phillips is playing, but I think the rest of the world have just woken up to the fact that wow, this is this is a pretty special player. And obviously the the, the big thing for Leeds, the thing they'll be clinging to is that this is a lad yeah. from Leeds who who hopefully is seeing signings like Furpo and before that Rodrigo and Rafinha and Lorente and thinking this is a club I can achieve my ambitions with, you know, I what yeah, Hopefully he's yeah. looking at it thinking I won't have to leave in the way that, you know, that Alan Smith and James Milner and people did in the past. And uh, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's exciting times for Leeds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I was going to bring up uh, Stuart Dallas and Jack Harrison putting pen to paper. Um, how much of a boost, uh, not only to, to their teammates, but to, to the fans, uh, w- w- will that be for to be, able, uh, to be able to see them uh, being retained by Leeds? Yeah, I think they were always probably going to stay, weren't they? I mean, obviously he's had, Harrison's had a few excellent um, years years on loan, and it just seemed to be the next natural step, didn't it? And you know, if you're Harrison, if you, even if you know your agent's ambitious and you're thinking of what other other clubs are going to be in, they haven't got Mar- the other clubs haven't got Marcelo Bielsa, have they? To sort of is the way you can develop players and bring 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 them on and get the the best out of them. It's almost unparalleled in in world football. You, you, you're probably only talking a handful of similar um, figures with the same sort of credentials. As, you know, you look to the likes of you know Guardiola and you know a few others, but there's not many. And you know, for professionals working under Bielsa, must be an absolute absolute dream. And and you look at the the other respect where Dallas was a you know a good solid Championship player, and he's he's just been his game has, and career has just been taken on to, to new heights, hasn't it, under Bielsa, who, you know, Bielsa is the sort of manager that once you get his trust, then, you know, that's that's everything. And he, he trusts Dallas in a few positions. Um, he gets the best out of him. And obviously, Dallas, the, the Leeds um, players think the world of him and, and the supporters certainly do. And, um, 
you know, it, it, it adds to the feel-good factor, as Stuart said earlier. And um, turning our attention to Barnsley, um, how do you feel that, uh, that they'll fill the gap uh, that's been left by Alex Mowat's departure to West Brom? Um, Stuart, first on this one. Well, I mean, you know, Moat leaving is a is a is a big blow. I mean, I don't think I don't think anybody's too shocked because obviously we've known for a long time that his contract was ticking down, and the you know, the the, the closer it gets to that point, the more you think, well, you know, maybe this is unlikely to happen. Um, but you know, if there's one thing you can say about Barnsley over the over the last few years, in particular, they they have moved some some very good players on, and and have you know moved on from that. Um, it's the challenge again, really. I mean, this this feels like a summer where this could almost be a complete restart for Barnsley. You know, losing your captain, losing your head coach, and quite a bit of the coaching staff. You know, there's the disruption uh, in terms of the off-field management as well. Uh, this this could be a bit of a bit of a turning point for for Barnsley. That the challenge is to keep things on the same course, really. When you when you've had a season like they've had, and, and minimize minimize the disruption make this make this a refresh and not not a restart but you know it's it's difficult at the best of times never mind in these financial times to find another player to to replace yeah. Alex Moa you know m- maybe maybe that player might come from within maybe it might actually be that you know we're not expecting or it doesn't sound like Marcus shop's going to play with uh, with wingbacks uh, next next season, even at the back end of last season, we were seeing Callum Styles being nudged into central midfield a little bit more. Maybe he might be the one who takes on the mantle and, and takes takes Barnsley yeah, forward I mean, in that respect. That'll be interesting, Stu. I mean, he, he didn't really Ismail didn't seem to trust him there over a long period of time, didn't he? He he, he, he sort of kept Styles at you know on that left left wing back brief. I mean, even in the um, Playoff final, uh, um, sorry, the, the semi-finals. He brought Callum Britton inside for, you know, in the um, for, for, for spells in in that time. He's obviously a right wing back. So I, I think I, I suppose you look at it. They put a big investment in to get Herbie Kane last October, and he unfortunately had an injury at the back end of of the season, and we didn't really see. Um, uh, him, you know, have a really, really consistent, strong spell. But maybe that this is this is now his time. He's he's over over his injury. Moat's gone, and there's obviously there's a, a big berth to be filled. Can he be the next cab on? Um, you know, off the rank. I'm sure that that sort of role, that di- di- dictating role in the midfield, you know, on the set pieces, pulling the strings, being the leader. That's um, I think that's something that that Kane's. Um, Craving, and you know, you could have Ramal Palmer at the side of him doing the doing the fillage role, if you like, the, the the dirty work, and and Kane hopefully hopefully dictating and, and showing the bits of flair. It's, it's a big season for Kane, come what may, I think. But it'll be interesting to see how how Shop figures it out because I think perhaps you'll speak to Styles as well, and um, he won't say it as much. But I think that central midfield role is. Is where ultimately he'd, he'd want to play. So, so there's, there's two there in in Kane and, and Styles who who potentially could fit the bill. Yeah, and it, you know it's, it's an exciting time. You've got a new coach come in. Both of those two should be you know really 
going at it in pre-season to show their worth, and you know that could only that can only benefit Barnsley in the in the long run. Allow yep. them to to concentrate what you know what money they, they they do have mainly in compensation payments for the people they've lost on on other areas of the team, and and I say make this yep. make this a point that allows them to to carry on moving forward rather than rather than change direction. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, they're actively into players, so let, let's see who the who they bring in as well. Hmm. And um, our final discussion topic um, uh, stays at Barnsley, um, and it looks at the departures of a number of the coaching staff. And um, I was wondering what what could this mean uh, for for the club, Stuart? Well, as I said, it, you know, it could it could be a, a complete restart, really. Um, you know, depending on depending on how they approach things. You know, in recent years, Adam Murray's been a real you know, a, a good sort of continuity man in terms of you know he served under under Stendhal Struber and Ismail, and he's been able to you know I imagine bring it bring a level of of continuity through. Now he's now he's joined Ismail at West Bromwich Albion. Other people are going to to have to do that. It's not a great surprise, really. You know, often when a manager moves on, a lot of his coaches do move with him, and you don't you don't want play you don't want coaches there sort of reluctantly or, or with one eye on the job and another eye on how their other old boss is, is faring elsewhere. It'll be good for Shop to get his own people in to to, you know, put his own ideas across. But it's it's um it means a lot of people coming in at short notice because of the way um the way West Bromwich Albion took took this mail away so late. So um coaches are gonna have to have to hit the ground running. That they're going to need the the senior players and some of the junior players at Barnsley to to help them out really by you know maintaining some of the standards that were set before and and you know maybe maybe even running the dressing room a little bit whilst uh, whilst Shop gets his, his feet under the table. But um, yeah, I think I think it's an exciting time for Barnsley. Exciting to be honest because it, it could go it could go well or, or badly. We're, we're we're not quite sure, but. Um, but yeah, this is this is one of those pre seasons where you, you you really look at things and you think, you know, it, it will be fascinating to see to see how things pan out. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting if they do have that sort of, without being so jingoistic, they've got a lot of good young British coaches there and sort of. Murray had um, obviously had been there a, a few years. He'd been a caretaker manager on a couple of occasions and. And uh, he was interviewed for the job, obviously um, before Ismail got it. But um, if they can just get a, you know, a pathway for some of these young, talented academy coaches they've got, and maybe, you know, p- to p- promote, um, you know, one or two of those, and you know, giving them more first team exposure, which is what they did with Murray. You know, then it, then it becomes a pathway a bit, o- a bit organic and. You know, that's probably what I'd be um, tempted to, to do. I mean, there's a couple of assistants that are that are still there. Um, um, Joseph Lauman from the time when Ismail came in, and and then then there's Tonga Eckert who was who came in under under Struber in the last few months there. So there are a couple of assistant um, coaches there, so they're not too sort of understaffed, if you like. So I, I just I would just like to see one of the you know the academy coaches there maybe given given his wings a little bit more and a bit more of the first team environment. Yeah, well, I mean you know to go back to where we started it, it, in a couple of te- days' time, 
Barnsley's academy could have produced two European Championship winning centre backs. Um, yeah. You know, and and obviously they've had Kieran Trippier come through the club on loan as well. So I think Barnsley could use that. You know, we, we've seen them say to the likes of Callum Styles and Martin Britton, look, this is a club you could come to and develop. They can really hammer that home. And, and, and as you say, yeah. you know, with, with coaches as well as players, look, this, this, is a, this is a forward-thinking club. Come to us, you know, l- learn the Barnsley way, develop within so, it and, and progress with it. YorkshirePost.co.uk Many thanks to Stuart Rayner and Leon Robshaw, who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. But don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport. Or if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as football talk podcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. As ever, many thanks for listening, and look after yourselves, and bye for now. <laughs>